Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. We acknowledge the traditional owners of country throughout Australia and recognize their continuing connection to land, waters, and culture. We pay our respects to their elders past, present, and emerging. Welcome to This Song Is Yours, a music podcast where we chat to a new guest each week, talk about their life and creative endeavours, and talk to them about some of the music they love. Our show works by chatting to our guests about music, but also getting them to make you a playlist of the songs they love. You can find the link to our playlists in the show notes. Welcome to episode 89. I'm your host, Simon Fink. Our guest today is 360. The Australian hip-hop artist and rapper is celebrating the 10th anniversary of his double platinum album, Falling and Flying. In today's episode, we're speaking with 360 about how the record was made, the risks taken back then in 2011, and we discuss the music of Kanye West. Here we go. Our guest today is celebrating the 10th anniversary of his second studio record, Falling and Flying. Going double platinum in Australia, the record had hits like Throw It Away featuring Josh Pike and Boys Like You featuring Gosling and is now being celebrated by a new reissue on vinyl. Please welcome to This Song Is Yours, uh, Matt Colwell, a.k.a. 360. Hello. Hello. How are you going? I'm very well, thank you. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm. Is the sound all good? Yeah. No, it yep. sounds great. It's um. It looks like you're in a... Is this your home studio? Oh yeah. So this is uh, just in the in the basement at home, and just got um, I do all my recording in this section here, and yeah, and do do some streaming, and it's got like a little cool movie setup. It's 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 a nice little little man cave, you know. I love it. <laughs> That's very cool. It looks it looks very very cool. The records, uh, like I imagine the gold records on the wall for you, and and the TV. It looks like a, a bit of a sweet setup. Yeah, I love it. I love it. We put a lot of work into it in the during the lockdowns. It was it was actually like a really fun project. That's very cool. Um, congratulations! Today, the reissue of Falling and Flying is out. Uh, the ten year anniversary. It's a very exciting time. Can't believe it, man! It's actually it's actually kind of bizarre to be honest. Like, yeah, just looking back and how how everything has changed you know like I, I haven't really thought about it that much like how how the entire industry has evolved and shapes from 10 years ago is so crazy you know like back back when we were doing falling and flying um the way to go about promoting music was to pitch it to radio and hope that they play it and if they didn't it was kind of like oh they, they, they were the be all and end all you know and and these days it's like they've become less and less relevant they're still very important but it's like it's a lot more digital now and just all about online and and it's yeah it's good it's it's good to see how many people are also adapting to it yeah and definitely i feel like um careers. 
Oh, sorry, yeah. No, no, I was just saying they just they're adapting and building their careers, which is which is great, you know. Not not letting it like time pass you by. With you got to, I guess, grow with the times and stuff, which is good. Hundred percent. I think that these days it's more um, almost like fan run, if you will. Like back then, the radio stations were like the gatekeepers, if you will. I know that phrase was thrown around a bit at the time, but these yeah. days it's more like you can just give it direct to fans and they can do what they want with it and, you know, run it up the charts, do whatever it is. Yeah, yeah. And, like, even stuff like TikTok, man, is just so big now, you know, like such a big, big way to reach. Like I was watching an interview with uh, the games manager and he was saying that TikTok's on there number one for for prom- promoting songs rather than going to the radio these days, which is really, really crazy. Never expected something like that, but it's... Yeah, just just how it goes, I guess. It is slightly bizarre. Are you on TikTok yourself? I am, but I don't use it. Like, I, to be honest, I don't get it. I think I'm sort of a bit old. I, I don't quite understand it. And um, I think a lot of the people on there can can be do some really creative and funny stuff. But, um, yeah, it's not, it's not like I look at it that much, like ever, to be honest. I just post <laughs> it. Yeah, that's very fair. I think that I might be in that same boat. I view some like music related stuff on there, but I don't quite understand the trends or I think if I do, I'm about five trends behind. (laughs) Yeah, not worth it. (laughs) Um, Going back to the record, it is 10 years, as we said. It's just crazy to think because that album... I feel like in the last 15, 20, 25 years, Australian hip-hop has kind of come more to the forefront with yourself, Hilltop Hoods, Briggs, Draft, um, Illy, like a a number of massive names. Um, But at the time it was still, still growing. The album itself was massive 10 years ago. It was a huge kind of jump, I think. What do you remember at that time from kind of having it released and seeing it you know, become this much bigger beast. It's uh, it's it's so it it is strange looking back to think of how successful it actually was. You know, like I always believed in it, and we really did think it was going to do amazing things. But never in my wildest dreams did I think it would go that crazy. Like we, yeah, man, it, it's it is wild because like we put out seven singles. And they radio picked up every single one where usually if you drop an album, you're lucky to get one or two singles on the radio, you know? So we're just, I think it was the timing and the rollout of it. It just all just worked so perfectly. And um, it was also very lucky back then because there was like 50 festivals a year where like these days, (laughs) these days there's two or three or something like that, you know what I mean? And and so we were, you know, playing so many festivals, just a great time to come out. Um, yeah, it's trippy to just to think of just to release something like that, to really to really kick a goal like that is such a, a big achievement. I'm very, very proud of it for sure. Yeah, of course. It's, 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 just don't, it doesn't feel real though. Like when I say that, it doesn't, it just... It still doesn't feel real. Is there a little bit of like, um, not dissociative, what's the word? Not dissociative. Imposter dissociative. Yeah, No, no, none of that. But 
Well, I guess is is there an element of that for you? Yeah, there 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 really is, man. Because like people will come up to me and might say the most incredible thing, like say you know this song saved my life or stopped me from committing suicide or something, and it that kind of stuff means so much to me. But I often in my head will be like, that can't be like that can't be real. Like I can't have that kind <laughs> of impact on someone. You know what I mean? Uh, or, and it even just the smallest, you know, praise, I often often think, yeah, I don't believe that. It's weird. I think it is some sort of imposter syn- syndrome kind of thing. It's bizarre. I know a lot of artists who, who exactly the same. I feel that, that while it, um, I can imagine it's weird for people to, you know, continually come up and keep saying things like that to you because at a certain point, you're trying to process it in, in terms of the effect you've had in your studio with them outside. But um, the record itself at the time, I think part of the success, there's a few things that I want to touch on throughout today's interview, but one of them was like the the honesty and rawness, if you will, of your lyrics in terms of, um, please correct me if I'm wrong, I think you were going through a bit of a difficult time in the, during the making of the album or just before and that you kind of just laid yourself all out on the line, like no holds bar, and that that kind of shows in the record and that connected with people. Yeah, I think um, there was, it, it, looking back, I think the name of the album was very, like couldn't have been better, Falling and Flying, because it was a mixture of both. It really was a, a, lot, of, a lot of flying and a lot of crashing going on at the same time. So, um, and though that those kind of songs where I do just, write more personal stuff and stuff from personal experience. I think that's where I write better music for sure. I think that's what people gravitate towards as well. They like the, the openness of it. It's got to keep, yeah. got to, I just got to like, sometimes I, I think, you know, I loved cause I like doing it, but there's some things I'm just like, oh, man, I just got to keep that to myself. I think just maybe write that and don't put it out. Cause you just give too much information <laughs> sometimes. Well, I'm yeah, I'm, I'm really curious in like the the art form of balancing that act of like lyric writing being honest, raw, emotional, but without being too honest. As you said, there's some stuff you don't want to put out, or you know, some lyrics people might think not you yourself, but we've spoken to a number of artists where they're like, people might think I'm a fucking crazy person if I put that out there. Like, mm. how do you kind of find that line between what's appropriate for you to put put out um eh, that's it's a tough one i i i, I talked to my therapist about it I, I like to say all right this i've touched on this subject but i don't know if i'm actually cool with putting it out so it's if it's if it's something that you know i'm i'm, I'm usually happy to talk about mental illness and addiction and stuff but sometimes when the shit gets real dark you, some, it's hard, it is really hard to know, honestly. But it's it's all. Sometimes it's just not even about putting it out. It's just uh, writing it. Like if I'm going through something very dark, just writing it, even if it does nothing. Like even if I don't record it or anything like that, just simply getting it down is super therapeutic. It really really helps. Yeah, of course. I can imagine just like just acknowledging it and then having. Being able to put it aside. Yeah, that's it. 
Yeah. The um the music of the album at the time, these days I feel like genre blurring is kind of, you know, old hat. Everyone is doing it. But back 10 years ago it wasn't as common and I feel that you took a huge risk that obviously, as we're discussing, very successful album, it paid off. But, um, yeah, it was, a, it was a massive risk at that time of, you know, blending hip-hop, rap, um, like folk with Gosling, Josh Pike. Like what were you kind of, firstly, what were you thinking when you went into the project and was like, let's do this, let's try putting these together? It Like at the time um, there was a, specific kind of sound to Aussie hip hop. Um, and it, people who did try and push the envelope a little bit or make some more poppy influenced stuff were really, it was really frowned upon. And, um, I come from that background of being a very, like going into the, the underground scene, like crazy. And for me to come and then like do this, like I used to make all just very raw, classic hip hop and then to come and to make something that's so poppy and it was a, there was a big internal conflict going on at the time you know like I I was so worried about putting it out because there's a lot of the people in the scene that I looked up to I knew would would just straight away just be like this is some sellout shit you know and just not be on board with it and that that was like there was certain uh, there was almost songs that I took off that I'm so glad I didn't because I thought that was the reason why and it it took me a while to get over that but I realized that it, you know I would have I'd have been selling out more if I didn't do what I wanted to do and just did what I thought others wanted me to do but um at that time when we were making that album I was just so obsessed with um songwriting and and I was I wasn't listening to hip hop when I made that album. I was really listening to a lot of just indie rock and pop and stuff like that. Um, so getting teaming up with Styles, he was just the perfect person for that because he is just a great songwriter, great producer. And when we first had a meeting with him about it, he was very hesitant to do it because uh, because of my background of where I came from. He thought that I would just want to make a typical kind of rap album. And I was like, I don't want to do that. I want to do something completely different. Like, let's go, let's go all out. Like, let's bring in melodies. Let's bring in dance elements, you know, everything. And the first three songs we did were super poppy, but they were, we, 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 we had this immediate chemistry. Um, and I, we, after that, we were just like, yeah, this is, we've got to keep going. And we just kept churning out songs. It was just like one a week for a while and uh yeah that's how it ended up it was a it was a really big risk but it's uh I'm glad that I'm just so glad that I did it you know like if you look at someone like Kanye West who did 808s and Heartbreak which was a big risk at the time where he was on an upwards trajectory really and he did that album alienated a lot of people and it just he was, he just did it unapologetically, loved it so much. And it didn't matter for that. For me, I admire that kind of stuff so much to just, just go out there and do it because you love it. That that's, that's, that's really what it's all about. If you like the music, it doesn't matter what anyone thinks. hundred percent. I think that 
It is. It's always a big risk, you know, changing your sound, doing something that's slightly different from what people know you as. But if there's sincerity, as we've said, like honesty and, and everything else and you believe in it, then I think it's, it's the reason why these projects are successful. 808 is like now a cult classic along with, um, well, uh, quite a, I feel like Kanye's trajectory since then is kind of, you know, up and down, but, um, yeah, yeah. Crazy. Up, definitely. Yeah. Have you, um, have you listened to Donda? I have, yeah. It's it's something I still need to listen to more. Like I, I loved it when I first heard it. Then the second heard it, I was like, oh, don't know about this. I feel like it was, a bit un- <laughs> it was almost unfinished. But I think that's mm. Kanye in a way. Um, a friend, we were talking about how Drake came out and his album, my friend said this, it was a great quote, um, Drake's album is just so polished in every way and just everything just nails where – Kanye is just a beautiful mess almost. That's how his album is. It, it, even though it is messy and all over the shop, it's still really good. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. I would agree with that. I think that's actually quite a nice way to to sum up. Yeah, both. Yeah. Yeah, I, I I don't know if I don't know if I'm into it that much. I I, I did dig it at first, but I just I, I need to spend more time on it. I think it might either grow on me or it won't, you know. But I'll, I really enjoyed Drake's album. First listen, that one, yeah, agreed. That one on the first listen, it it is quite polished, but um, it is it is an enjoyable listen so far. So see how it goes with time. It is only you know a few days. Uh, where are we? A week or so old. Yeah. What are your thoughts on, I feel like uh, Aussie hip hop over the last maybe three or four years has become somewhat more, uh, not Americanized or Westernized. I feel like it still has an Aussie flat flavor to it, for lack of a better term, so I apologize for that word. But, um, yeah, like what are your thoughts on, because I feel like the, when yourself, Hilltops, all the acts we mentioned before, there is a distinctive Australian kind of, um, I don't want to use the word flavour, fuck. <laughs> What's the word? No, it's like, I get you. It's like the accent and the, the the style. The new wave of rap is very m- much more melodic and and, and uh, a, lot of, a lot of Aussies do go between the American accent and the Aussie accent and yeah. stuff like that. I actually really like it, man. Like I, I think um, it's not... That kind of new wave of music, while I 
it's not something that I listen to that much. Like, um, I appreciate it for what it is. Like, I think it's incredible what, what those people do. Like, like what Kid Leroy does, you know, like get in, in Juice World with someone, they, they get in there, they put on a beat and they freestyle and whatever comes to them is what they put down. It's not necessarily very heavily, heavily lyrically driven in a lot of cases. Juice World definitely was and Kid Leroy is definitely in, in, in a lot of ways too, but it's, that's not what it's all about. It's just more about the energy. And I think that's when people, uh, when people create without thinking, that's the purest form of making art. I really believe that. And, uh, people have, um, have figured it out. It's like, it's, it's almost like a cheat code, you know, to, to make songs, like to just go in there, put a beat on freestyle. Doesn't, don't say any lyrics while you're doing it. You're just freestyling melodies and then piecing the lyrics to it afterwards. And that, that the way they're doing that, they're able to churn out like 10 to 20 songs a day. And just, it's just, it's brilliant. I really love it. It's like its own genre. Um, but it, in Australia, I think it's, it's so, it's so cool to see that there's an avenue, uh, there's a lane for everyone. Like there's literally people that rap like, old school nineties Wu-Tang style stuff. And, and if they're good, they'll, they get a big following or there's people doing the more UK drill kind of sounding stuff and, and they're, they're killing it. And there's people who do the super poppy stuff, you know, it, 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 if the music's good, it's, it, it, it'll work and speak for itself. I think I'm, 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 I'm with it all. Like I really, I really love watching how it has evolved. And I think Future had such an impact when he came out and how it was sort of that mumble rap era where he kind of came out doing this, this new style well, made it, made it popular anyway. And then it was just influxed and people experimenting and just like going off it. It's really, really cool. Is it a kind of, um, it's not, not a genre, but like, is it a direction that you could see yourself trying out? Like with Falling and Flying, it was trying out new things. Is it something that you've looked at in terms of pushing boundaries, trying new directions for, for 360? Yeah. So I've, uh, I like the music and, and one thing that for me, when I write, I know that I have a very, uh, it's almost mathematical in the way that I flow and write lyrics and stuff. And the way that it's the way this new wave is, that's not how it's, how it's done. It's, it's all about just, just finding the pocket that you flow in on the spot. But I've, uh, I know that I'm, I need to get out of my comfort zone if I want to get better as a rapper and as an artist. So I do things like, man, it's, it's funny. It, 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 it sounds crazy, but I, I get like um, download a young thug song, an instrumental and a song, and then I'll record the whole song doing uh, young thugs bit, futures bit. I did this song called Paddock Water and um, I just wanted to do it to see how I would go sounding like that. And yeah. it was it's it, it really cool to do something like that because it made me, you know, it gives me um, – new ways of delivering or, you know, I might 
not necessarily go down that route of making that kind of music, but I'll learn from rapping that way or maybe some different types of vocal inflections or um, tones or, you know, just way I can pronounce words and stuff like that. I think it's a, a good way of trying to upgrade, I think. Yeah, definitely. It's like um, it's like a way of not mastering your craft almost, just like... Practicing, yeah. Yeah. Do you think that there's enough people that, and obviously we don't know the inner workings of, of every artist, but that there are some artists that just kind of, you know, stick with the same tried and tested formula and do that. Do you think that that is something that more artists should be doing in terms of, you know, like even if they don't release a full... Uh, album of like mumble rap or whatever it may be, whatever genre they are, that they should be kind of, you know, like testing, testing those waters and, and really working on, on a craft instead of just luck, lucking it for lack of a better term. Yeah. I think people get complacent in their, uh, in a formula that works, you know, and that's okay. You know, it's all good, but I really love seeing people adapt like and, and evolve and, like I've noticed with uh, the the new Bliss and SO stuff, I can tell their their flows that they're doing now they're they're new to them. Like it's it's not the same Bliss and SO that you would expect. You know what I mean? That that you can tell they're trying new things, and I really like that. Um, I, I I love it's something I I, I have to focus on doing is because it's the only way I can get better and and master that craft like you said you know like it it has to be done I, I love seeing it but it is understandable if you if there is a formula that works and and you stick to it and that's how you make music that's i i i can i get that as well yeah 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 that's no disrespect to anyone that does that <laughs> oh, absolutely absolutely <laughs> with uh obviously we've been talking about the past and the re-release of of the album um, which does obviously bring up the, it's a little bit of a, not a dumb question, but it's, it's a question that I think everyone would be expecting me to ask is that, can we expect new music from you, uh, anytime soon? Yeah, absolutely. There's, um, I've been writing, I've been on a tear, just going so hard writing. Um, there's so, I've got so much new stuff and I don't want to, roll it out in a typical fashion. I don't want to, like at the moment, there's no album on the way. There's no, there's no, I'm not writing with an agenda for an album, but I do have a way that I am thinking I want to roll everything out and I've got so much new stuff. I've also got a lot of songs that are in the vault, like from over the last seven years or something, songs that I haven't put out and there's hundreds of them. So I think I'd like to release those as well, but just not not in the typical way. I want to get really creative with it. Like I've started coming up with these cool concept ideas of how we can put this stuff out and it not even be an album rollout. It's just a project that we're doing and it's just songs with visual elements and all this kind of crazy shit. Yeah, that sounds very cool. Do you think that, um, as we were talking earlier, like 10 years ago, best way to get your music out there was through radio with how technology has changed and everything else. Do you enjoy that now that you are able to have these more 
creative ideas of rolling out the music or having uh, fans having access to music in different ways, whether it be, as we discussed, TikTok, it could be NFTs, it could be whatever it is. Is that something that like you now, uh, is it an enjoyable process, I guess, as an artist being able to come up with ideas like that for, for releases? Yeah, I, I, I really enjoy it. Um, I think it's so important. I think uh, people have, there's a, we've reached a time where people have short attention spans and they, or they, they just, they're never satisfied. They need as much content as possible. So I think for artists, the best thing to do is if you can do like, uh, it doesn't matter even if it's not music, just any content that isn't just like putting out audio is just always so helpful in, in the promo, you know, like rolling it, rolling it out in, in, in different creative ways. Like I've, I've got, um, I've got these songs that I did, uh, they're really different. Like one's, one's a country song. Like it, it's, it's a, it's a concept album. So every song is about a TV show. So I did a song called True Blood, which is about Sick. the TV show and Westworld, yeah. which was the country song. I was about a character in that and, each song is named after a show and I was going to call it like audio cinema and put it out. But um, how to how to roll that out in a creative way rather than just going, oh, here's some songs that never made the cut is it's important to think of it like that. Like um, what can you like try and I guess maybe not trying to reinvent the wheel, but trying to think of ways that you can we could put them out. Yeah, of course. Totally different to the normal rollout. Yeah, I feel like um, well, with anything, presentation is is key. If you you can have a beautifully cooked steak, but if you just kind of throw it out there, it's yeah, that's it. Yeah, um, sixty. Usually, we would uh, ask our guests what they're currently listening to. I know we've already touched on Donda and Certified Lover Boy, but is there anything else that you're currently enjoying or listening to? Um, I'm really enjoying um, battle rap at the moment. Uh, Music-wise, like uh, rappers like King Los and um, Mickey Fax and Nino Bless are just very. At the moment, I'm. Uh, I've, it's very strange. I feel like I've gone to my younger self in the sense that I'm very focused on raps and getting the like like really lyrical and 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 getting as technical as possible and before i release the next project i really want to step up my game so that's yeah that's where it is at the moment is that where um very quickly to touch on this before we wrap up like is that where um rapper tag kind of came back into the picture in terms of getting well, one, getting to, you know, interact and, and work with a number of different uh, musical artists and rappers, but also kind of get that that muscle memory of, of uh, yeah, rapping back. Yeah, yeah. That um, uh, There's something about the, the, say, the live rap video, like in the rapper tag, there's something about when, you know, when rappers would do freestyles on radio shows, there's something something about that that I'm really loving at the moment. And um, with the rapper tag, 
I'm been floating the idea to reintroduce it again and it just never felt like the right time until now, you know, especially with all the lockdowns and stuff going on. It's just like, all right, this time, this time let's really make it something special. Um, where last time I just put out the video and just let it go organically and whatever happened, happened this time we've got, you know, I'm, I'm not running the social media or anything like that. Um, I'm just sort of overseeing it in the background, but we've got really, really big goals with where we want to take it. Um, we, we want to take it to the U S and the UK. Um, I think with the right backing and with the right artists involved, like, can you imagine how crazy a rapper tag would be in the U S with some of the, the best rappers there? Like, obviously it wouldn't be something that I would start. Like I wouldn't start the rapper tag in America. It'd be something where we take it, to someone and say, look, we've got this idea. Let's, let's do it in, in the States. You know, I think it could be really, really cool. And, and I love it because I just love seeing all these different styles come in, you know, like people coming in with, with more modern sound and stuff or more classic, you can do anything in rapper tag you want. And I'm, I'm, it's very exciting. It is a very cool idea. And I was glad to see it back the second season. Um, well, Fuck, I'm going to forget who it was, but there was one, I think it might have been episode two or three. Um, was it Nerve? Nerve, yep. That, yeah, like fantastic. Um, I don't know. There was just something about like the the flow of, of the rhyme that he was um, uh, putting out was, was fantastic and it is a very cool idea. So hopefully that idea does take off in, in the States and, you know, UK, Europe, and um, kind of just continues to grow. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I've, I honestly have big goals. Like I, I shoot for the fence, so I'm aiming as as high as possible. Like I want, I want Eminem to do a, a rapper tag eventually. Like I want Leroy on the Aussie rapper tag. You know, I, I'm, I really want it to go to those big places, and I, I believe that it, I believe that it will. I, I really hope it does anyway. But Nerve was so good, man. He's just such a such a talented guy. Like he produces his shit. He's not he's he's so diverse. He can do any style. So it's so good to see how like I just love I love I love seeing this the new generation just killing it. It's very cool. Um just as you just said, you are swinging for, for the fences. It does show and it has shown from the past work as well um 60 congratulations on the anniversary of falling and flying and uh yeah congratulations on the the vinyl reissue as well mate thank you for coming on the podcast man pleasure thank you thank you for having me i appreciate it good interview and that's our show a massive thank you to 360 for his time the Falling and Flying reissue is out now and we've left links in the show notes if you'd like to buy the record. We also want to give a huge shout out to Miriam at EMI Music for helping out with today's interview. You can find a link to our Spotify playlist in the show notes where you'll be able to listen to all of our guests' picks. If you like this show, please subscribe wherever you get your pods and stay up to date when new episodes are released. We release new shows each Thursday and Friday morning with guest playlists streaming on Spotify at the same time. You can follow the player's profile on Spotify 
and you can follow us on Instagram, Facebook and TikTok. Until next week, cheers. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com.